<laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> What's going on, folks? This is Therese Paley, your chief beat writer for the Kansas City Star. And we've got three-fourths of the A-team here in the yet-to-be-named KC Star podcast studio, which is itching to have a sponsor, by the way. Holler at Star Sports Editor Jeff Rosen if interested. But anyway. Hey, how can we ramp up that that sponsorship drive? Because we, we keep, we, it's about five weeks in now, and we got yeah, nothing. We've tried groveling. <laughs> we're we're going to keep doing it. Right. We're going to keep. We're going to continue to be excellent. How about have you, that? Okay. Have you considered playing hard to get. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought about that. Sometimes that can be too effective. I've thought about that. But I tell you what, I like to take the direct approach That's good. in all things. Just it be, served me well in life. Be excellent and be excellent. it shall come. Because if it's awesome, it doesn't matter. It doesn't That's matter right. if you're asking for it. Um, anyway, I've got Paula Mad, Sam Mellinger. I got Hannibal Vahe Gregorian. And our man Blair Face Kirkoff is on assignment covering the national championship game. Shout out to Face, man. That's first love, college football. I'm sure he's a happy man right now. Um, but we've got a replacement in the house, soon to be former Star Royals beat writer, Andy McCullough. Hi. How you doing, man? I'm great, Therese. Thanks for joining us. I'm, I got a lot on my plate today, so I really had to squeeze this in. Yeah, I can, I can tell. Yeah. Um, this is good. I'm here to talk about football. Yeah. Did you watch the game? I did watch the game. All right, so you're going to have some. Chiefs won. It was important for you to watch the game because we built in a segment for you, but we'll oh, get man, to that I'm in very minute. excited for this. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've set it up here. Um, listen, folks, we got a great show for you guys today. Um, first of all, we're going to break down the Chiefs' dominant wild card win over the Texans. We all, we're going to bring back the scouting term of the week. We play another version of who he played for. And I thought about shelving our weekly segment of Old Man Football because Face wasn't going to be here. And he, he created it. I mean, that's his game. But you know what? I figured, hey, man, Andy's pretty curmudgeon-y. He's got the market cornered on that in a lot of ways. I also haven't watched football uh, religiously since, like, 2004. Yeah, so that's So that's I'm basically perfect. Yeah, whatever I mean, takes you have are going to definitely fit under that Love the old spread man. offense. Yeah, it's going to be great. Here it uh, comes. So why the hell not, right? We're going to do it. Um, speaking of Andy, we're also going to debut a new one-time-only segment called Andy Ass, where, you know, Andy asks us questions oh, about great. football. This I is going to be great. Yeah, so just hold off on those okay. for a while. All right. Until this podcast is <laughs> yeah, turned just, off and we've all left the room. Just give us a second. Um, and then finally, we answer your reader mail. And what you, all guys have all, what you guys have all been waiting for, we reveal our Chiefs Patriots predictions. But first, like we always do about this time, time to name our Grown-ass man of the week. And Sam, I got a hunch. I think I know who your selection is, but let me hear it. You mean the same guy from every week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you now? I have a hunch. Um, well, I might just surprise you. Okay. In my mind, I think there's like three, four, maybe five like pretty good candidates. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to go with Dontari Poe. Ooh, you did surprise Didn't me. Didn't see that one coming, did no. you? Uh, I, I think he continued to... Um, you know, just kind of wreak havoc, tear apart the inside of another offensive line. And I think that one thing that, you know, one of the disconnects, um, probably the biggest disconnect between us and fans um, is that we don't see the broadcast. So I don't know how much the broadcast focused on this, but that interception that Hoyer threw at the goal line, um, which was obviously an enormous play. Mm -hmm. um, It was a terrible throw by Hoyer on, on at least two levels. Um, but Poe really forced him into it with like this kind of 
NBA point guard crossover swim move um, where he just embarrassed the center. And it really reminded me of, I think it was Poe's rookie year when he did that to the Cowboys. And and I remember just thinking, like, it was the first time that, that Poe just kind of made my jaw drop. And, um, and I th- he did that again on that play. It turned into a huge interception. Uh, and, and that wasn't it. He, he, was, he was good throughout the game. So he gets my grown-ass man of the game. Well, hey, let's hear it. Um, my two candidates would be, of all things, Eric Fisher, mm-hmm. who uh, game one against Houston was widely perceived anyway to have had a J.J. Watt flu that kept him from uh, participating. Um, but the other, and this is one I'm going to go with, is Chris Conley. Um, because that catch he made in the back of the end zone, I'm not sure we appreciate how good that catch was and all that went into it, including the fact he'd never run that live with Alex Smith. Yeah, uh, it was That play, Chris said after the game, that play wasn't called for me. He meant because it's a Jeremy Macklin play uh, at a pretty crucial time. So guy kind of comes up out of nowhere in a way and uh, makes, makes a, a pivotal play. He's got my G-A, grown ass, man. G-A-M-O-T-W. He's got my Gamatwa. We'll take it. Of the week. That's the wah at the end. Yeah. yeah. All right. I like it. Andrew, you watched the game. Give us one. I watched the game. Uh, Eric Fisher. Yeah. Just beat the crap out of J.J. Watt. Yeah. On the one play, you mean, when he was down? Yeah, I watched yeah. that one play. Yeah. Um, well, it seems like he, he hurt him so bad that his groin needs surgery now. So... Uh, you know, good for him. I also considered um, Joey Porter, uh, Mike Munchak, and anyone else I recognize <laughs> from the other game. Yeah. Quick aside question before we let Therese give the real answer. Um, the Fisher thing, I don't know if this showed up on TV. Maybe Andy can remember. But um, at that play where Watt was hurt and Macklin was hurt, uh, and a lot of the focus in Houston was on Fisher completing yeah. the block, shall we say. And – when, when the camera showed him down there, widely booed, I mean, really booed, and he was loving it, like, bring it on, which to me is a different side of this cat. Got his Sean Smith on, yeah. as they say. Yeah, so just sort of an aside and yeah. hoping not influencing the jury here, Therese, but what do you got? That was exactly the reason why I'm <laughs> picking Eric Fisher as my grown-ass man of the week because, like you said, they showed him on the Jumbotron after the replay of him Shoving into the ground, it, it was like a close-up of his the side of his helmet and face, and they just let him have it with booze, and he was gesturing to him like bring it on. <laughs> and I thought for Fisher, you know, who's a guy who look man, I've been here for his entire career now as a rookie, second-year guy. I didn't see any of that attitude. I just you know there was none of that. But this year, like the rest of those guys on the line, he's playing with a real you know chippiness an attitude you need to have to win in this league, you know. Uh, so many guys are so similar physically, you know, where you really win in this league is with mental toughness and by physical toughness, being tougher than the other guy. So I think, you know, Sam was a really good candidate, but I think my selection is definitely Fisher. And I think I think, uh, I think think he deserves it. You know, I thought, you know, they, they stood up to the challenge of the Houston Texans physically and mentally and they beat them pretty good now you're gonna need a better effort to win this week against the Patriots and we're gonna we're gonna get into that but first let's take a deeper look at this win 30 to nothing huge win it was the Chiefs first playoff victory in 22 years it snapped an eight game playoff losing streak it was their first 
postseason shutout in club history. It was the first time, and this, and this sends them to the first to the divisional round for the first time since 2003. And it continues their franchise record, 11-game winning streak. So there are lots of positives, and we'll get into those. But perhaps the biggest story out of this game was a negative, right? Because Jeremy Macklin, their leading receiver, a team captain, hurt his knee. And he was when he was being carted off, he looked pretty emotional. Um, and But we did see him walking on his own in the locker room. And yesterday, Chiefs announced that it wasn't his knee, in fact. It was a, an ankle injury. Now, it remains to be seen if he'll play Saturday. But let's just assume it's significant enough for him to miss this game, right? If Jerry Macklin can't play, I think the one thing people want to know is, okay, does this ruin this team's chances of making a Super Bowl run? So let's just assume he can't play on Saturday. Sam, where you come out on this? Well, Can I don't this think team still have a Super Bowl ce- ceiling without Jeremy Macklin. I don't think any injury um, this side of like Tom Brady, you know, like the, the elite quarterbacks. I don't think there's an injury out there that that can be a complete deal breaker for a team. Um, but I do think that <laughs> depending on what you think of Chase Daniel, maybe even including Alex Smith, um, th- this is the most you know sort of uh, damaging injury that, that that the Chiefs could have um, and especially if you think about what the Patriots typically do their reputation is to take away the thing that you do best and so if they had Macklin then the Patriots are going to try and take away either Macklin or Kelsey if you don't have Macklin one of you know he's already gone now now the Patriots can just fa- focus on on one playmaker so I, I think it damages their chances but I don't think that it ruins it you know I, I think maybe we go from like um you know, like the Chiefs having a 40% chance of winning to, you know, somewhere between 30 and 35. Vahe? Totally agree. Um, obviously makes the job tougher, but I don't think it all ruins it. And look, this, this, I think this is a good example. I mean, Jamal Charles gets hurt, and basically they fill in with two guys you never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Conley's had a whole year now, a whole season to get developed. He's not quite there yet or we'd be seeing more of him somehow otherwise but his sheer athleticism is off the charts and he made great plays we alluded to earlier in that game he he can do some things he's not Jeremy he's not polished that way but but he's he'll give them a little something I think one quick thing on Jeremy too and and this is more a question than a statement Um, as far as I know the chief statement yesterday on this was he has an, a, an ankle sprain. It's not the ACL. I've heard it, the game of telephone, it seems to me, passed along that it's a high ankle sprain. Do we know it's a high ankle sprain? That's what Adam Schefter reported. Okay. Chiefs didn't announce it. Because I haven't seen it yeah. that way from any primary place. Yeah. And there's a big difference, I guess. And I, I'm, well. despite my Twitter medical degree, I don't think I can <laughs> really speak to that. But, but you know, that's an interesting distinction. And, and I, I – you know, no reason to think Adams got it wrong, but I, we haven't seen confirmation of that. And they are two different things, aren't they? Oh, yeah, they are. The high ankle tends to linger a lot longer than lot just longer. a regular ankle sprain. Um, so if it was just a regular ankle sprain, maybe you can suffer your way through that. And Although with the weather, you would think, uh, I don't know, like it's supposed to snow. So that potentially you could, you know, uh, affect it. But, Andy, uh, were, you, were you able to get a sense for – 
how much Jeremy Macklin meant to this team and just a little bit that you watched? Just no, curious. I mean, he's obviously a very good player. Um, you know, the Texans are kind of garbage. Uh, so it <laughs> seemed like, you know, that really didn't have much of an effect. Uh, like, it seems to me that the, the Chiefs' best route towards, like, winning in the playoffs is basically to win every game, like, 20 to, like, 14 or 20 to 13, you know, yeah. like, so uh, it's definitely hurts, but like, I think the key for them obviously is their defense. Um, that's probably what sets them apart and gives them a chance. So, um, you know, Macklin's a good player. I don't know if he's even like necessarily used to like his optimized right. uh, ability. That's within, actually a good point. Within this offense. Um, so like, I don't know if one wide receiver, you know, really makes that big of a difference. So during, so during the regular season, DeAndre Hopkins finished with like 70 more targets than Macklin. So like that's the thing. Like you're probably right. Like if if Macklin got the ball enough, he could have a 100 catch season with you know 1400 yards all that. But I actually do think it affects their ceiling because he's not just a speedy receiver with great hands. Like he's not just that, right? He has an attitude that has rubbed off on his teammates. He is the Chiefs most I'm just going to say it I think he's their most competitive offensive player I think he is the one that is the most cocksure I think you know on field and that shows and you need some of that to win in this league well question uh, question and, with that well and like and like and like Sam was saying there's a there's a there's definitely a an effect when he's not on the field because Bill Belichick will take away your best option. So if you want to take away Jamie Macklin, you can't stop Travis Kelsey. You're gonna, de- you're, it's gonna be hard. You got to develop one resource to him. If you take away, you, but but without him, now you can devote multiple resources to taking away Kelsey. And now you make Albert Wilson and Chris Conley beat you. And who's you don't know if they can't, but they haven't shown they can either. And that's a that's a significant thing. And Vi, you had a question. No, just a, just just this, and it's kind of a intangible, maybe even a silly thing, but but I do think Macklin's attitude is rubbed off, and I think it's rubbed off enough that that it the residue of it's there, even if he's not able to play. Now, mm-hmm. maybe that's maybe that's just a, a guess. I mean, it is just a guess. That's probably I could see that. I thought it was and you covered this a little in your column. I thought it was definitely significant that. That the that the the Chiefs continued on that drive they were on and scored after that mm-hmm. injury to Macklin because we've seen them lose games where they've had a key player get carted off, right? They just crumble afterward, right? So <laughs> yeah. that, I thought that was a significant thing for sure. And I'll this actually kind of leads us to our next question here, at least my next question for you guys: um, How confident are you in Chris Conley and Albert Wilson? and Jason Avant to make plays in the passing game this Saturday against New England if they have to. Vahe, kick well, off. you know what's funny, and, and this is just off the top of my head, I I, I don't remember Jason making any kind of – look, he's fine, but he, he's in his twilight years, right? Mm-hmm. And But I don't – I can't picture in my mind's eye him really extending himself for any particular play. I think he'll be reliable and steady, but I don't, I don't think he's going to do anything that makes you say – Wow, that that that's a play that changes the game. Uh, Albert Wilson to me is a little bit of an X factor. We've seen him make some nice plays. We've also seen him get the alligator arms. I think a couple of times, at least while we're watching together during the game, we kind of wonder why he doesn't lay out. 
I wonder on that pass the other day that Alex Smith overthrew him on, if you really broke that down and if anybody with the Chiefs were really able to be honest with us, was Albert Wilson running a little slightly different angle than Alex expected? And my money would be on, you know, Alex could certainly overthrow it, but my money would be on Alex throwing it to the right spot over uh, Albert running to the right spot. Um, so Conley, again, to me, is sort of, sort of the X factor. I think he's the guy that um, has has the, the hops, has the speed, has the uh, ability to make, make some big plays. I, I, I think he's a really interesting force in this game. So. I think there's a big drop-off between Jeremy Macklin and, and Albert Wilson. And, um, you know, one of the biggest drop-offs, I'm assuming, you know, without going through all 32, um, you know, I would assume that the, the gap between him and Wilson is among the 10 biggest gaps of any team between their number one and number two. They played on Saturday, coincidentally, a team that might be number one <laughs> in that with DeAndre Hopkins. But... Um, so I, I think that it's a matter of, you know, because we talked all year about, like, the trust that Alex Smith has in, in yeah. Macklin and making throws to him that he hasn't made to anybody um, in, in the past of just, you know, expecting, you know, the term is win the play. You expect Macklin to win the play. And I don't think that that situation exists with, with Wilson yeah. and Conley. Conley's got all the talent in the world, um, size, speed, uh, brain, yeah. all that stuff, but he hasn't done it. Um, so I, I think the the difference is instead of Alex, like, you know, throwing a ball and and expecting Macklin to win the play, they've got to scheme those guys open a little bit more. And here's a don't underestimate the fact that Alex trusts Macklin to not make mistakes. Yeah. So so much of the Chiefs offense is derived on what you do as a defense. Um in the sense that you have side adjustments. So mid play, a receiver has to look at the coverage and break his you know, run a certain route based on what they see. If Alex doesn't have confidence in you making the right decision, guess who's not getting the ball? But interestingly enough, on that Conley touchdown, that was a that was a, a read the defense pattern. Oh yeah, Conley's a very smart and, guy. And and I don't you know look, it really is one play, and mm-hmm. I don't want to make too much of that. But the fact that Alex Alex basically threw to the spot. Now he he wasn't going to throw into the jaws of an interception there, but he threw to the spot expecting Conley to be there, and Conley was there. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing that I think ratchets up at least yeah. the trust. I'll say this though, I don't I don't think. I think of all the tough throws we've seen Alex make this year in the tight spots, um, into spots with with bodies that, you know, with multiple bodies, most of those throws are to Jeremy Macklin. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he'll force it to Macklin. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah. him do it to anyone else. Um, the touchdown against, was it the uh, the Raiders, that touchdown in the end zone? Um, they threw the ball yeah. through like three guys. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's the one that, yeah, that's, that sticks out the most. Absolutely. Yeah, he doesn't throw that ball to Albert Wilson. And kind of leading to Alex Smith, um, if you don't have your best receiver, like you said, Sam, doesn't completely change your chances to get into the Super Bowl. I think it affects it significantly, though, but it doesn't completely change it. The thing is this. If your quarterback can lift other players mm-hmm. – that can make all the difference in the world. We've seen the Chiefs on an 11-game winning streak, and let's face it, Alex Smith's been pretty doggone good. Andy McCullough, tell us. I'll be honest. Based on what you, based on what you saw on Sunday, what yeah. do you think of Alex Smith? Does he look like a Super Bowl quarterback to you? He almost was a Super Bowl quarterback before. I mean, the definition of a Super Bowl – I mean, Eli Manning's won two Super Bowl quarters, yeah. Super Bowls. Like, Eli Manning stinks. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, like, speaking objectively. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, right? 
He doesn't stink. We think he's good. You think Eli Manning's good? Doesn't he throw like fifty picks every year? Like twenty five picks. Well, anyway, I mean, like Alex Brian Smith. Hoyer stinks. Right. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> Brian Hoyer. Matt Castle stinks. Is Eli <laughs> is Eli the beneficiary of rule changes? Yes. Yeah. Could Eli have done what he did twenty years ago in that league? There was tw- no. Right. But, but I get Andy. I totally get what you're well, saying. I mean, like, there's a diff. Like saying like. Saying like, uh, is he a super? Is he capable of taking the team to the Super Bowl? Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's efficient, you know. And that's like, that's that's capable of taking a team to the Super Bowl, you know. That's like, based on what you saw, son. Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll be honest. I have no idea who Albert Wilson is. Um, <laughs> no, but like sometimes it's good to have someone with a kind of real clear. Well, you know, I mean, he almost went to the Super Bowl a couple yeah. years ago. I mean, that was when he was with okay. the uh, the Niners. Sam um, Vahe, you, you guys feel the same way? I, I do, and and, and look, Andy's, to Andy's point, and we've maybe talked about this before, but it bear, bears mentioning again, the 49ers probably go to the Super Bowl that year against the Giants if, if Kyle, what's his name, Williams, Williams, Williams doesn't Williams. drop two punts. Yeah. Kenny's kid. Um, and so that, that sort of snake bit. And then, then he gets replaced by Kaepernick. He gets hurt, and then, but Kaepernick keeps the job when they do go to the Super Bowl. Um, and Alex think, was completing seventy percent of his passes that year. Do you think Harbaugh would want to do over on that? I, I believe, but actually, he probably wouldn't care because maybe he wanted to leave the franchise intact. Okay, do you think uh, that the rest Jed of the York and Trent Balky? Yeah, I think Is they that would. Pronounce it. Yeah, Balky. Do you I think, think they would? I yeah. think they would prefer a redo. Probably. I mean. I, mean, I don't know. Like it was a completely. I think it was a defensible decision sure, on their part. It was. with the younger guy and the higher ceiling and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, look look how it's turned out. I think you're right, defensible but, then, but it, but it, they would want the redo. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's look like Alex Smith has played four playoff games, right? Is that right? Yeah, four playoff and, games. One, two. Yeah, uh, he lost because of the two punt fumbles, basically, right? Right, and then um, won a shootout against Drew Brees. Uh, was not almost perfect. I mean, he was damn freaking good the Colts. in Indianapolis. Yeah. His team scored 44 points. 378 yards. And then he was terrible in the first quarter on Saturday. Um, but after that, he was pretty good. He was 17 of 22, right? I yeah. Mean, that was, so he was basically like know, 18 of, and, or 16 of 20 the rest of the game or something. There was yeah, some, yeah. And, you know, like it doesn't count, obviously, but um, he had a uh, – it, it would have been a 64-yard run down the left sideline um, that was called back on what I thought was a kind of a bad call. Um, I thought that was a good block by Wilson. But, um, you know, so that, you know, doesn't include – what would have been, you know, one of the big, probably the biggest gain of the game, right? Yeah. Sixty-four yard difference. So, I, yeah, he can he can go. He can't, um, you know, it's not Aaron Rodgers in his prime or whatever. Like he can carry somebody, <laughs> but um, yeah, he can go. He's not going to hold you back. I don't mm-hmm. think. Ten TDs, one interception in his postseason yeah. career. That that seems all He's right. right. Yeah. There's been a lot of uh, my last question for you guys. Is that there's been a lot of discussion about the punt returner. The punt return situation. <laughs> I still um, don't trust it, him. Well, that, you know that's what I'm getting to. <laughs> yeah. Frankie had a nice little day. You know, yeah. he did. He did some nice things. Uh, and that's my question: Are you guys still Sorry. pining for the next? It's okay. Are you guys still pining for the next guy, Albert Wilson? I think he'd be next up if Macklin can't field punts. Yeah. And I think we we also saw Stephen Nelson fielding some punts in pregame mm-hmm. too. So like, Frankie I, Hammond, you guys still a little shaky? Where you at? Yeah, I'm ready for the next guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's and it's kind of too bad because I can tell I've made up my mind about this, and now, yeah. now that even when there's evidence otherwise, I'm like, nah, yeah, but he's still not. He he was he was more than fine actually. I thought yeah. on Saturday, but he had a big I just, return that was called back. Yeah, and well. he's had a couple yeah. of those. Yeah. Frankly, if if 
I, I can't remember that return if the the penalty was crucial to the run, if that makes sense. Like right. Um, and, and so that's a little bit of a funny argument about well, if not for the penalties, you know, the average would be even better. I I, I just can never quite tell. Right. Like Alex Smith's run the other day, I I, I think Wilson's block probably did help it, but that was it. That was. It didn't take away from what that play actually was. It was it, really was, it, was, yeah. it was great. So anyway, I'd still, I still I feel like they're being def- in a defensive posture in a part of the game where they're used to attacking by having Frankie Hammond back there. Like that, that that's what I feel like. And I feel like why wouldn't you try Albert Wilson? I think he's had a history, hasn't he, with that? Yeah. My my feeling is like one of the ways to judge these things is like when when he goes back to field a punt. <laughs> Like, how do you feel in, you inside? Mean like a real, like, yeah, what, yeah, what is your emotion? And for me, it's, you know, like when, <laughs> when it's D'Anthony Thomas, my, my, my emotion when D'Anthony Thomas is doing it is like, ooh, this might go back. Yeah. But when it's Frankie Hammond, it's like, ooh, so they might be scrambling after a fumble. And, yeah. and that's, that's my lack of trust with that. And, and you know, especially like if they, if they beat New England this weekend, um, they're not going to be doing it 30 to nothing. And, if if he goes back and and especially you know it's going to be rainy apparently uh, maybe even some snow um, if he goes back there and the ball slips out I mean that's the absolutely the kind of thing that can turn a game I don't I don't trust him. Okay, next question. Who would you rather see? I'm okay. Uh, the only alternative to me really is Albert, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, and and <laughs> I, I I mean, you know, this is this is maybe a funny question and, and you guys can can shoot it down, but. Um, the art of the kickoff return is different, of course, than the punt return, but there are some guys that are capable of doing both. What is it about Niall Davis that makes him not an alternative for that? I think it's lateral versus uh, yeah. vertical quickness. I agree. You got it. Nailed it 100%. Yep. That's all that is. Um, Question. Go ahead. What's up, man? What are the roster rules at this point in the year? Uh, there's can, no – Can you sign someone off the street? Um. I'm actually not sure. Can are you gonna yeah. uh, Are you gonna push for Brian Mitchell, something like that? Right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say Funny Dante Hall, but but Brian Mitchell. <laughs> I mean, I would take Brian Mitchell. That's guaranteed 15 every time. I mean, great, great player. You want to bring Dante Hall back? Yeah, Brian Mitchell. <laughs> See, like, Brian Mitchell could easily be a special teams coach now in the NFL. Like, I had this issue, I mentioned this with with Joey Porter the other day. Like, Pac-Man Jones was talking about Joey Porter, and I honestly thought he still played for the Steelers. (laughs) Because, like, you know, but now all the players I know are all coaches. Anyway. All right, right, guys, time for our next segment. As always, it's uh, the uh, football scouting term of the week. And uh, I think think you guys have, man, maybe you won't. Um. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me switch it up the here. The pendulum is swinging. Yeah. yeah. Mid thought. Yeah. I just you know what? I think you guys. Because I, I feel smart. like I've no, mentioned this not. before. I've mentioned this before, but maybe you won't pick it up. Like you guys know what a jag is. Just a guy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, all right. I got another one. Dan. By the way, I liked uh, in your scouting report in the Texans game. I forgot who it was now, but. Um, you know, a try-hard guy. I like that. I like Wait, that. Yeah. Yeah. NFL scouts use Jags? Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, baseball scouts do too. Yeah, they use it a yeah. lot. You know, it's just a guy. Yeah. All right, I got, a I got a good phrase. one for you, though. Just a guy. A dancing, bla- a dancing bear. I'll take a dancing what position? bear. <laughs> a dancing bear, what position does that apply to? Defensive tackle. Offensive line. Offensive tackle. Offensive line. Yep, just a big guy with lateral agility can move. Is it usually just a guy? 
If you're a dancing bear, or, or actually, it's better. No, no, you, no you're okay. not. You're definitely not a jag if you're. Okay. If you're, you're a dancing bear, that okay. means you can move and. Okay, so it's yeah, and match yeah. Guys. yeah. It's not like you're like just moving strangely and wildly. Like okay. Actually, you know what? You're you're really not wrong. Some people use it for defensive linemen too, Andy. Yeah. Yeah, you can call. Look at you. Thank you. Revolutionizing the game. <laughs> you're welcome. I mean, it's just you know, these are just terms. It's just yeah. for big men that can move. Like Poe. Poe's a dancing bear. I mean, you can use it too. Yeah. You know? Um, all right, time for our uh, everyone's favorite segment. Yes, who he play for? Oh, I thought just it was three. old man football. Not yet. Dang it. Not yet. All right, just three. Uh oh, just three. Do they have to still at least be active? Give us a better shot. Yeah, Quentin right. Dunst, Texans. Hope Dante Hall. Is <laughs> <laughs> just get it off. Yeah. <laughs> actually, um, actually, Vahe. Uh, no, they don't all have to necessarily all right. be active. So that's just a, that's actually a hint. Okay. All right. Okay. So all right. First one, we'll start off with an easy one. All right, guys. Matt Castle, who he play for? Vikings. Well, I thought they cut him. It was the Cowboys, and I, I thought they cut. Oh him. yeah, they so did cut him. Be like, that's right. Did he get picked up after that, or did I, he not get cut? We'll see. He got cut and went to the Cowboys. You're By right. the way, that yeah. interception that he threw against uh, somebody on a, I think it was a Sunday night game, was like worse than anything he ever did in Kansas. Anything City. that Brian he Hoyer like did? Kind of fell down once and then fell down again, just threw it up in the air. It was hilarious. <laughs> but Dallas would be my guess. But I thought they cut him. Me so then after that, it would be Merrill Lynch. Would be my guess. What Merrill QB coach at USC? <laughs> <laughs> um. No, he just got benched. Did you say Merrill Lynch? Yeah. Bench with the Cowboys. <laughs> no, he just got benched. So. That's good. Uh, next one. Wait, is it Cowboys? Yeah. He's still on the Cowboys? Yeah, oh, yeah he just got benched. Was, yeah, oh, I thought did, cut. Yeah. Good for him. Um, <laughs> nice guy. Legitimately, like, you know, mm-hmm. he was, he was always friendly. I remember you said that yeah, before. He was always yeah. friendly. Cornerback. Settle down, Eric Winston. <laughs> Sick. Our next guy. Wrong with you, cornerback Javier Arenas. Guys, who he played for? Uh, wasn't it Baltimore? Any guesses? I have no idea. Is he with the Arizona Diamondbacks? <laughs> uh, I gave you a hint Merrill Lynch. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I said he did not. Did I, you said say one of them, I said one of them would not have to be active. Um, did you, I, said okay. they, I said, yeah. I said, uh, all right, last one Glenn Dorsey. You guys remember him? I do remember Glenn The Chief Dorsey. General Manager, right? <laughs> Glenn Dorsey, who he play for? That I don't know. Packers. No nope. gonna get if if I have to guess, I'll just guess the Falcons. No. <laughs> As a smart guess, our old friend Pioli's there. Nope. It's the San Francisco 49ers. Oof. All right. We're really bad at this part. It really exposes some gaps in our game. I'd Nailed say. that yeah. castle one though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean we. We're we. just so zoomed in on the team. That's right. That's what it That's is. That's all that You're matters. Right. Yep. We're just so just keyed boy. in on Locked covering the hell the out of the in. team. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. That's what that is. Um, next segment, and I think you can celebrate now, Vahe, because yes, it is yes, time yes. to play Old Man Football, <laughs> where we gripe or wax poetic about the way things used to be. Anything is acceptable as long as it's a football take. <laughs> That sounds somewhat similar to what an old man might say. <laughs> and we're going to keep it simple this week. We're going to scrap the head-to-head format and just make it an open forum. Because we just want to talk because we're old men. Um, so let's get around this room here. And, Andy, I want to save you because this is going to be great. Okay. I want to save you. 
So Vahe, kick us off, baby. Well, look, old what, man football segment. What when pride, and I always like to kick it off by saying <laughs> when pride still mattered. <laughs> right. When when football was was as it should be, we played on grass. <laughs> yeah. <All> right. We <laughs> played on grass. When I played uh, for the West Enfield Indians and in Pop Warner in Austin, <laughs> Texas, that was on grass. Yep. All right. Yep. And some years later, something contaminated the game known as artificial turf. <laughs> Hate it. And some of us in this room broke our ankle in three places, tore two ligaments, and dislocated it in artificial turf. That's wrong. Okay? That's wrong. And there's a lot of concrete under this stuff still. No matter how much they refine the stuff, it, it stinks. Yeah. One thing about... <laughs> <laughs> so even though in Houston the other day they, they actually were somehow upgraded by making it a playable field by actually putting turf on there after the fiasco of the yeah. Chiefs opener with that... Yeah. Roll out grass after they played at Loose Park. Yeah, I'm going to no. stop kind of mid rant because I don't really have a point. No, but no, that, no. That's, that's that's sort of where it is. Now, one thing people don't know. One thing I don't think people know about you, Vahe, is you played a little college football. Very right? little. Yeah. Played, played, <laughs> played, played left out. Played left out for the Penn Quakers. But that was a championship team, and 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 uh, you know we go back and get introduced on the Franklin Field mm-hmm. and wave to the crowd of. 3,000 people. <laughs> Nobody knows whether you played much or not. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're all the same. Give a starter's wave. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you need. Now, Vi, didn't you play? You played on that old school, like, that, that was the old school, like, bright green, hard yeah, cement yeah, turf, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. That that's was what you the, played on. Yeah, you're right. Those were kind of the, we were kind of the guinea pigs for yeah. the whole thing. That was at, at Sacred Franklin Field was, you know, the sacrilege of the, the turf at Franklin Field. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And, uh, like when, and then, like, you get the carpet burned from going Yeah, in fact, that's what you, in the shower, that, I'm glad you asked that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for taking me up on this. You had to, in, for the staff, to prevent staff infection, you had to spray, spray down those sparts, spots on your body where you got the turf burn afterwards in the shower. I have no idea what that stuff was. You just knew you were supposed to do it. It kind of burned. Just uh, <laughs> playing devil's advocate. Wouldn't you play on the field turf on now? And when you prefer, I, I guess it's better. Did, you know, we got out there on that field turf to do our video the other night. It looked seemed kind of like it might be better than plush. it used to be, but it's still not grass. Yeah, it's not grass, and, and right. you won't get grass stains if yeah. you're not on grass. Um, one other thing is that I do remember the first time ever being on turf because we lived in Austin, Texas at the time. Was going at, somehow getting into Memorial Stadium in Texas, and they got. The turf out there and didn't I, I don't know how you guys felt about what artificial turf would be like but i figured it would be like a soft carpet right it's like the first thing you do is try to find a way to dive on it to catch a ball yeah. and it was a, a horrifying was experience yeah, yeah. yeah painted cement yeah that's yeah. What, that's all it was yeah yeah. Ugh. Ugh, yeah i know i i when i played in high school i had we had one of those grassy turf fields and like actually it really was like a heck of a lot better like you didn't worry about going down on it there was no like i didn't have to spray my arms with anything it was just you know, it felt a lot like grass. The, the biggest issue you had with that, and this is not interesting to anybody, but is <laughs> <laughs> just that you have, like, the rubber would get all up in your stuff, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Making a quick transition. Sammy, what you got? Sort of another uh, plain surface rant, if I can. But <laughs> uh, Well, so we were just in Houston. Yeah. Um, and it was a little bit chilly, I would say. Like, I don't know what the temperature was i didn't wear my jacket walking in um needed it walking out so like it kick off mm-hmm. it was probably like 50 i'm just guessing or whatever um but they have the roof closed Beautiful. they have the, the the option of opening the roof and playing football Stole in the outdoors mine. ah sorry or closing the roof and playing a little indoor you know game like you do in your basement and screw that like 
Unless, like, actually, there's no good reason to have the roof closed. I was going to say, like, unless it's really snowing or really raining. But no, screw that. Play in the rain. Play in the snow. January football. January football is the best. Yeah. You know, Keep like, it closed for concerts. Right, right. But January football, like, that's when it's cold yeah. and there's elements. And it's just, it's got a good look to it, a good feel. It's, so they were doing know, it for noise? Was that why? Is I that think the so. idea? And, and, I think and so. Doesn't, I, know, I know it's completely a, a phony way that this whole thing's done, but... Didn't Arrowhead, doesn't Arrowhead still have the, you know, after using the atomic attenuator or whatever the Guinness? <laughs> yeah. They do. The, like somebody with a tuba was right in front of yeah, the microphone. Just, oh, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. because only like 17,000 people left of the game, and that's when it, it hit its peak. Yeah, it was yeah. ridiculous. Um, right. but, but the point is, can't you be noisy without the stadium being, right. you know, shuttered in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Gandy's got a good one here. Give it to us, baby. What you got? Well, I guess I have a sort of grizzled point about football, but it gets to the entire, like, public health issue that is football. Right. Um, I don't understand what Vontaze Perfect did wrong. Like, mm-hmm. when I was playing football, you know, in uh, Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, yeah, like, baby. you were supposed to, like, hurt defenseless receivers. Like, the entire point was that, like, if a guy was defenseless, that is when, like, you, you hit him them. really hard. Yeah, you knock Because then – now, obviously, okay, like – Doing that at that point in the game when you know the rules is idiotic. Like, right. I'm not, like, necessarily defending what Burfick did. But it points to, like, sort of a fundamental issue with football. Is it, like, the whole point of football is, like, blindsiding people and hitting them really hard. Like, you can't really, like, do that, yeah. you know, like, in any other walk of life. Like, so, like, I don't, you know, and, and then the guy from, like, the the nerd offensive tackle from the Ravens, like, tweeted out, like, look at this dirty play that, like, Burfick did, like, when a receiver was running at him and Burfick just ran him over. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, that <laughs> is, and, then, and, like, the crazy thing is, yeah. is, like, I acknowledge, I guess this is maybe why I don't engage with football is because the things I like about it are the things that I obviously know are really bad for the players involved, so it's better to just disengage. But basically, like, I'm all for, like, crackback blocks and, like, stuff like that. Like, yeah. you know, like, you hit a guy, uh, you hurt a defenseless receiver, not because necessarily you wanted to injure him, but because you didn't want him coming over the middle again, I guess. Yeah. Like, Andy, that's a great point because, like, I feel like in a lot of ways, like, you know, I, I miss when football just kind of owned what it was. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like this is a violent um, – barbaric game <laughs> let's just call it for what it is like yeah. that's what it is at its core that's what it was and because of the way the game used to be played you know in the mid-90s or whatever when i was coming up like when quarterbacks were it was just a more violent you know more brutal right. game but some of the best teams we've ever seen kind of came out of that era too and i feel like you know back then we saw some like great champions whereas now teams can win because of some of the rules, if yeah. where whereas so again like maybe a Peyton, maybe a Eli Manning couldn't have won a Super Bowl twenty years ago well, when he was getting you know slammed to the turf every game. Yeah, I don't that, necessarily you, mind I, like I don't necessarily mind the rule changes in terms of like letting receivers get open. Like I'm fine with like yeah having, I get like, that too. I'm That's fine good. with the opening the game up out there. It's more like if you hit a quarterback with your helmet, you get like ejected. Whereas like in when I was playing, and this was like legitimately only like 
10 years ago, yeah. you got like a star on your helmet. Yeah, like, you and everyone the, at Monday was like, all right, <laughs> big hit. You know, like. <laughs> you got the special school, pride sticker. What was your high school nickname? And did you get it? Like, we got little tomahawks. Cause we were the well, we, tomahawks. Yeah, we, had, we were the Cardinals. So we got, it was awful. We were a bad, really bad team my senior year. But, like, if you, like, if you, like, put your helmet under, like, someone's chin. Like, if you were an offensive lineman and you put your hat under, like, a guy's chin and ran him over, like, yeah. you got a standing ovation at practice <laughs> on Monday. And now, like, you get, like, suspended. Um, it's just this sort of idea. Like, the whole point is, like, oh, you can't hurt the quarterback. The whole point is you hurt the quarterback. Right. So you win right. the game. You hurt him. <laughs> like, you don't do it illegally. You don't, like, kick him or leg whip him. But you hit him so hard he physically cannot play. Mm-hmm. Like, that was sort of the point of football and like that that's been taken <laughs> away it's like it makes it difficult you know like i, I remember like that hit this is great. uh there was a hit in the playoffs uh like in 06 maybe in 07 yeah. where i think reggie bush yes. w- got like hung out to dry by breeze and sheldon brown just lit him up and it was like and i literally was watching in my dorm in college and i like screamed i was like yes and like chugged a beer <laughs> or something like immediately afterwards and i was so fired up and now, like, if that happened, there'd be, like, a thousand hot takes on, like, you know, like, think pieces on, like, what this says. It's just, like, we just need to acknowledge that football is a public health issue. And yeah. it's, like, really, like, and just let it be what, I don't know. There's no, you can't design a better helmet. You can't stop the concussion problem. Like, it, it, you know, and this is why I don't watch, because I don't want to engage with this it's, intellectually. It's almost like, it's almost like if basketball removed the dunk. Like, it's sure. like, it's like the, the, the big hit, the violence. Like that's football's equivalent to the to the tomahawk slam. Like, yeah. and you take that out of the game, it, you know, for a lot of people, it hurts it a little bit. But I, I also understand the other point to it, where like there are a lot of guys really, really messed up. Course, after yeah. you know what I'm saying, and but, I get that but too. The guys, but, but the thing is, like in 20 years, this and it's also a money thing too. This now. current generation of players is going to be just as messed up because it's just as. I mean, the game is ridiculous. Yeah. No one wears pads. It's, like, you know, no one wears pads on their knees. Like, yeah. You know, everyone wears shells instead of, like, actual shoulder pads because it's all about speed. Did you get – this has taken me something. Did you see what passed for shoulder pads on Abdullah the other day? He had already taken his jersey off. They're basically off shells. He's wearing shells? The shell thing, I, I've never really seen them that up close. They're the, nothing. The uh, – watching that before Saturday, the last Chiefs playoff win, um, I watched that game three or four times, and – that was the first thing that sticks out at you when those guys get on the field is how big their shoulder pads are. I mean, it, they look like – it looks like a Halloween costume. I think you, know? you mentioned like, that in your story. Yeah, they're, they're enormous. Yeah. And I don't know when that started to change. Um, but that, that's, the, that's the absolute biggest difference. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It looks like a different sport. And no wonder they can move faster, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. There's quarterbacks too, like, you know, that yeah. need, you know – some flexibility in their arms. Like it, it was just, it was stark how different that was. Warren Moon's shoulder pads were like his head was barely popping out. I was just gonna say this is my last thing, but like, um, I I played Pop Warner, you know, I played Pop Warner for like eight years or whatever before I played in high school, and like my really? dad was one of my coaches, and one of the things that he would always say like is uh, like eleven helmets to the ball, meaning like you gang tackle, like you know you want to hurt the running back you know you want and now it's like no you can't hit with your helmet like 22 shoulders to the ball but only at once you know like or or, or, you know used to say like you say like deliver the blow you know i'm reading this book about walter payton it's like deliver the blow you know and now it's like i just get out of bounds you know and like let's get on and we'll we'll snap the football again you know and so it's just it just fundamentally like football like 
trying to be less violent makes it less interesting. And, you know, you can tell because all four of these games were atrocious this week. <laughs> so you – you know what? It's also, you know, in, in some of the – one one other thing that that's affected the quality of game is the fact that they don't hit anymore in practice. Yeah, they can't like they they've got like twelve padded practices a year. So if a team really wants to know, establish itself as a tough physical group, they got to do it in camp. Right. And even those practices are you only have so many in there, there right. too. So that that's another thing that's affected yeah. the game. Yeah. I'm, I'm real curious though, Andy. What position did you play in high school? I was a uh, I was a guard. You were a guard. Left guard, yeah. Huh. How was you? How good was your team? We were very bad. Okay. We were really, really bad. They're great now, actually. They went to the, the Upper Dublin's been to the uh, state playoffs like five years in a row. They went to the Final Four in Pennsylvania this year, actually, which was like really, really impressive. But we were zero and eleven my senior year. Like, oh we were wow! So bad. Yeah. How, were, were you guys a big school? Were you? Uh, no. We were kind of caught in the middle, and that like it was like maybe I think like like. You know, senior class like maybe like four hundred or something like that, and then playing against schools that had like senior classes like a thousand, and then the the high school where I played had no feeder system. Yeah, uh, like I played Pop Warner at another high school, like in that township or whatever. Um, so there was no like Pop Warner, Bucksmon, or any sort of league like leading you into it. Were you like a good sized guard for your league? Like were, or were no, there? No, like... I was definitely undersized. Okay, yeah. I, I was, was like okay. I was like one. 75, like okay. as a junior. So you were like, going against tackles that were at least two. 210 maybe yeah like two probably anywhere from like 200 to okay. like 250 or so all right well that's a little warm-up for our next segment which is andy ass so <laughs> andy i'm glad that i gave you absolutely no uh, preparation okay. about this but i'm sure you've got questions reporter so let's sure. go who should the eagles hire as their coach okay well you go I'll, I'll take it I think they should hire. Down. You're I think they should hire Tom Coughlin. Oh, I'm, oh. I'm dead serious. Oh. Tom Coughlin is a good coach, man. That guy's a good coach. Like the guy from the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> no, the he's a Jaguars coach. No, he's yeah. the guy from BC. <laughs> Two-time Super Bowl champion. His players respect him. He instills discipline. He's gonna have a chip on his shoulder because he was fired by the Giants. Tom Coughlin's a good coach. That that guy's respected. He's legit. That's why I think they should hire. I'm, I'm like shell shocked. He's serious. like seventy. <laughs> Tom Coughlin's gonna be. You know what they say though? Like those those old coaches, man. They don't. You know they when they retire is when they're gonna end up you know, right. keeling over. You know, <laughs> then, it, they don't keel the over. The Eagles before. need to need yeah. to hire Tom Coughlin yeah. to save him. Yeah, it's saves Tom keeling Tom over. I think that's, that's what, what Teresa no, just said. No, but seriously, if you talk to, if you hear Tom Coughlin <laughs> talk. He's still got plenty of juice. Like, it's not like he is out of juice. That guy's ready to go. I'd go Tom Coughlin. This is Who are you going with? That's Who? a stirring endorsement for Doug Peterson. Well, I was going to say, this isn't the answer you're going to want. You're of the – yeah, great for Andy Reid that he's kind of got it back together here, but thank goodness he's still not the Eagles coach. No, I, I, I always liked Andy Reid as the Eagles coach. I always thought he was really good. I think there was a ceiling. but I You weren't ready for him to go? He, it was the sort of thing they should have they, – they, it was the right move to let him go. Because uh, he had kind of yeah. stale, sta- over, not overstayed his welcome, but it just it just wasn't going to get better there. Yeah. And I think he obviously has been rejuvenated, you know, leaving there. And um, but it was still sad to see him go. It wasn't I don't think anyone, any Eagles fan who actually like understands football, under like knows that like losing Andy Reid was not like a great thing. It was just a necessary thing. So by extension, does that mean you'd be on board with Peterson? I don't know. I mean, he, you know, no. I know Doug Peterson is Donovan's backup. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you some good things about Peterson, though. He, you know, 
He's got a good way with the media. That's important there. That's really important there, maybe more than a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Philly media is vicious, and there's a million of them. Um, he's got a good way. Of, he's got a, well. They're going to control his perception. Yeah. He's got a real good way with the media. Um, you know, Reed trusts him. He's earned more Reed's trust over the last few years. Um, seems like a very personable guy. I think he. You know, I think players like him, and I think that they play hard for him. Um, he's going to have to build. He's going to have to hire a good defensive coordinator. He'd need to hire someone strong in that area. Um, but, like, you know, Andy Reid was his mentor, and he learned a lot. He played in Philly. He knows the market. Yeah. If they want to not hire the old geezer that I suggested, <laughs> I, I'd definitely get Doug Peterson. I'd get that. What I'd about definitely get uh, that. And, and you know what? Just one last thing. I'll say this. Hmm. With them being in different conferences or whatever, yeah, I think Andy would like, you know, if Doug ever had any questions. Right. You know, it's, it's an right. incestuous business like that. And Doug could always ask Andy, you know, for advice or whatever. So. I know Belichick probably wouldn't let it happen because he loved Chip Kelly and it probably doesn't want to help the Eagles. But Matt Patrishka, great um, pencil in his hat. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I got nothing. All right. <laughs> in general, in general, I'm not for hiring expatriates. How has that just, worked out? Has, that, has, I think has the, Kansas City tried that? <laughs> I just think that in general. Um, has the University of Kansas tried that? <laughs> in general, just in general, man, those guys, you know, it's it's, it's Belichick. Yeah. It's all Belichick. Right. The expatriate to hire is not yet an expatriate. That'd be, that'd Lions be didn't get that memo. Can I, ask a, can I ask a question under the Ask Andy Ask segment? Uh, window about wow, Belich- commandeering I Belichick. I'm sorry. I know you t- <laughs> well, no, but this is to, to, to set up your glory. Um, what uh, he was an idiot in Cleveland, Belichick. Yeah. So, how do you go from idiot to genius? Of course, maybe some would say we've seen that in the baseball in this town. Who's that, Belichick? Yeah. Well, uh, I mean. He wasn't necessarily an idiot in Cleveland. He took that team to the playoffs at least once, maybe twice. Um, I mean, it's like the it's the Greg Popovich thing of like if you win a championship early, you're able to kind of do whatever you want. Uh, so like winning that Super Bowl, which obviously they were not the best team in football the first year they won the Super Bowl. Uh, it was the Eagles, and uh, you know the Eagles, you know. But, but, you know, Belichick had, you know, Tom Brady, which helps. Uh, He was able to develop a system around him, which worked. Uh, They had a great defense. And he he's always been, like, an elite defensive strategist. So, like, I don't know. I do think the one problem with Bill Belichick in Cleveland is every time, like, a coach, like, Chip Kelly comes in and does all these radical changes and he sucks. Everyone's like, well, you know, Belichick you know, wasn't great in Cleveland. It's like, yeah, he's the only guy who, like, did that. Like, it's not, like, there's a ton of examples of a guy just being a total, like, doof in his first run <laughs> right. and then, like, turning into, like, the best coach in the NFL. You know, I'll also say this. Like, people are adaptable and, you know, people forget that. If somebody is competent, it is possible for a coach to get better. You learn how to do things better. Like he, he was a coach in Cleveland for what was it four, four years? I think it was maybe three, five, three seasons, something like that. Five, something. It was somewhere like that. And like you get better. You learn how to do something. Like the longer you do something, the better you get. And if you're smart, if you're a smart person, you're just gonna get better at it. And um, and and no doubt, at some point, circumstance is part of it too, sure, right? I sure, mean, no doubt. Sure. Andy, what else you got for us? Baby? I think that's about it. You right. know. 
just right. eagle stuff. All right. that's, <laughs> that's good because we've got a lot of reader mail questions, guys. Uh, people are pretty interested in uh, finding out what's going on about their Chiefs. Um, so let's kick it off, man. Let's get this thing going. First question is from who's this? Crumb, <laughs> Crumb Larry <laughs> on Twitter. Number is Justin Fist is Justin Houston playing his way back into shape? Did you guys, based on what you saw, how does Justin look to you guys? I didn't feel like I saw enough to I really didn't, didn't feel anything, except for, except for I, it did seem like the Texans played him like he was a force, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't they, they devote a little, some extra resources to him that, that made some other things happen? Yeah, I, I was, um, I also did not see enough to, um, you know, to, like you, I did not see enough, which makes me think that we saw enough. Um, because I was surprised. I thought he was going to be a big problem. Um, and, and look, I mean, their, their defense was overwhelming in, in so many other ways that didn't really matter. Um, so, so maybe we're making too, or maybe I'm making um, too much into it. I, I just thought that they that the Chiefs had been really cautious with him, and that you know, because he was a full participant um, the the last practice before the last regular season game, right? And so I thought they were being cautious, saving him for for the playoff game. Um, and he just wasn't. I don't know if I buy the rust thing. I, I think that's either you're, you're you're good physically or you're not. Um, doesn't mean he can't get good physically, but I, I was surprised. I thought he'd be a bigger a bigger thing. Quick stat for you guys: yeah. Justin Houston played 69 percent of the defensive snaps on Saturday. Can anybody guess how many uh, the percentage time by Ali played? Boy, I bet even less actually. Yeah, 23. Yeah, yeah. I would have guessed like 40 or 50, but yeah. So. That's the thing. Like, I, I've still got to do my, my film thing. It's going to be, like, a long week. But, yeah, there weren't, like, a ton of, like, big flash plays from – splash plays from those guys. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to beat the Patriots, you know, those guys are going to have to – they're going to need them, even if, you know, D4 and Frank Zombo seem to be – Here's a Tomba question player, within a question. What, so we saw the Instagram pictures Friday night of his uh, significant other and the, and the baby, right? Mm-hmm. So did he – Joined the team in Houston on Saturday. No idea. No idea. <laughs> no. But that that birth was Friday. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm stating it. I'm asking if yeah. you know. But anyway, hopefully we'll get to talk to him about that. This it would week. be nice. It would yeah. Be, it would be nice. I mean, I talked to him after the game, but in the heat of the moment no, and all scramble. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're just trying to get what you need, but you know, um, you know, he has posted some stuff about him. So congrats to you, Tomba. You know, good for you. Next question is from KC uh, Chiefs underscore 58. After another deep ball to Wilson without him laying out <laughs> and the, toe, the missed toe tap on the sideline, is Albert Wilson afraid to give up his body? What you Football guys? fans are such I know, losers. I, <laughs> <laughs> says the guy that just wants everybody knocked out and decapitated. No, and, but like, <laughs> I'm I am raging against the culture of football, not the individual performances. I don't know what's going on there with him not laying out for balls, <laughs> but he 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 won't lay out for a ball. The the toe tap on the sideline, I, I don't I thought he I thought he did his damnedest and and almost almost made it work. It looked to me like he scuffed the back foot or at least had the physical act of trying to do it like he did it as well as he could. I don't get the layout thing though. Yeah. There's there's a I don't know if it's laying out. It's a lot of things, but like the there's a there's a pattern. Like the it was in Denver, wasn't it? The Denver game. Uh, there was a ball toward the back of the end zone, 
um, they, he just kind of didn't reach up for really. Um, I think it was the Denver game. Um, anyway, and then the the ball in Oakland down the right sideline that could have been a touchdown. It just looked like just yeah. dive. It, it looked like the Houston game. I, I don't think that he's like afraid or anything um, because diving, especially for that ball in Houston, that's not you're not putting your body at risk. You're yeah, just, not really. It's a different out. question. Nobody's going to yeah. hit you. Isn't uh, uh, but, although but he had there, an alligator arms moment this year too? Yeah, but yeah. There is a strange pattern though of him just you know. Dive, just dive for it. You yeah. know you can't reach it. But but when you dive though, doesn't that make you slower? It really depends. It, it's a fine line there, right? Isn't that I mean, yeah, like the, isn't like the, stuff, the sliding through first base argument? No, I think it's different because if you stuff. dive, you're getting you're getting to the ball lower, so you might have a little bit more time mm, right. to, to get under it. Especially at the end of a route. You're, I mean, it's an incompletion if you don't lay out for mm-hmm. it, right? I mean, well, I would just think yeah. sometimes you can dive too early though. Yeah, sometimes it's a beneficial thing. Yeah, you mistimed it like. I don't know. It would seem like sometimes if you're just sprinting full speed, that would be your best bet. I don't know. I could be wrong. I think the difference in the baseball thing is um, if you dive to first base, you have to get low. You have to get to the ground to touch the bag, which which takes more time. And when in in the NFL, if you're diving for a ball that's, you know, sort of over your head, you're diving out, um, that, that same sort of physical thing of diving toward the ground gives you more time. Yeah, but you're not necessarily, you're not necessarily increasing your, your distance. I think you are. And you're giving yourself more time is the thing. I don't know if you are. Well, I don't know. We'd get a physicist. But you're definitely right. I'd be increasing curious to see like, what a physicist actually says about it. Because I think about that a lot. Like, why don't you just dive? But it just seems like you mentally have to – you change your, like, running. Okay, so, so the baseball analogy would be a shortstop on a ball up the middle would sometimes dive for it to get low, to get down there. Whereas if, if he just ran and tried to reach down, you're too slow. That's a good analogy. Yeah. If you want the baseball. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You should need, buy it. We need <laughs> more like, helmet okay. to helmet You contact. should pay full price for that. <laughs> more helmet to helmet contact. I agree. He's a prima donna. <laughs> <laughs> Who is he again? Who is it? <laughs> Chiefs Lutz 11 asks, what do the Chiefs have to do to slow Gronk? And Peace Scove 828 asks the same thing. You know, how good are the Chiefs at covering tight ends? I don't think they're that good at covering tight ends. Um, I think Eric Berry is better than he's been, though. Um, so maybe uh, that can be a big factor. But I, I think there needs to be a lot of doubles or brackets, or you know, I, I think that's the way that if that's the way that the Patriots are going to beat you. Yeah. Ned. And, uh, no, the only thing I'd say is, I mean, I think they're going to have to have you know multiple types of schemes. I, I don't, yeah. I don't think we're going to be able to say it's just a Barry Gronk matchup, are we? I mean, I, I mean, or, or are we? He'll see. Uh, He'll see some Barry. Um, also, wouldn't be surprised if he saw a little Parker or a little Branch. I mean, he's or or even God, even Sorensen maybe. I mean, you, there's people that are going to have to get in the mix here, and there's going to have to be a real focus on that guy because he's a physical mismatch. There's no one who matches up physically with him, and he's probably going to be a problem anyway. It's going to be one of those cold games. It's. I, it's. I mean, I got to get into my film work, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. I mean, because no one slows him down. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be one of those things. Good question here from Rex. Flexi, flexi, <laughs> flexi, Rexy. Has Andy Reid already jumped to number three on the list of the Chiefs' best coaches? Number one being Hank Stram, and number two being Marty. And then, what does he need to do to be number two, assuming no Super Bowl? 
<laughs> these lists, like who else has been? A they're Chiefs just depressing, coach? you know. Like the, <laughs> all these like all-time Chiefs <laughs> things. Like God, no offense, but that's just depressing. Yeah, because the only three to win a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, uh, God. So yeah. you got you got who? Dick Vermeil. Didn't want to play. Uh, Romeo Todd, Cornell. Todd Haley, <laughs> Romeo Cornell. <laughs> Who was it before Cornell? Herm Edwards is like in the top yeah, half probably of, of coaches. Makovic. I'll tell you what's interesting, though, about Andy Reid's numbers. Man. We were looking at this a little the other day. I can't remember if we broke out a little charticle action on this or not, but um, he is now tied for ninth in NFL history in playoff wins. Ooh. That's good. Wow. Look at that. With with surprisingly, it's <laughs> a surprisingly low like number too. Stat. If <laughs> if they were, I think I looked this up. If they were to win the Super Bowl, and that's obviously a stretch, but that's three more wins. I believe there would only be five men in NFL history with more playoff wins than Andy Reid. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Starting with Chuck Noll at number five. Okay. I just think like, yeah, the, the answer is probably yes that he is three. Well, here's a better um, question. Here's a better. Yeah, okay. he's number three. Fine, I'll just say it. <laughs> Number two, After can, three can he, years. Is, by the way, has he surpassed Marty? Has he done that already? I don't like the thing about Marty is that, um, and, and Carl Peterson, they kind of did it together, but sort of resuscitated, yeah. you know, a dead franchise. Yeah. And and I know you know Andy took over the two and fourteen and and all that, like a completely broken culture, and and what he has done to provide stability and consistency to a franchise that really hasn't had it since Marty. Um, you know, shouldn't be overlooked, but that was, you know, Marty did it for a decade. They, they were the yeah. winningest team of the 1990s. Andy's done it for, for three years, and it's been impressive, but. So, what does he yet. have to do to beat, to surpass Marty? I don't know. I Super mean, Bowl? at least get to get it. To a Super at Bowl? least get to right. it. At least get to it. And maybe even then. But also be he's here only seven, been, eight, ten years, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Because even then, he's been there three years, and Marty would have been, it was more than 10, right? It was probably like 11, 12, something. But he's the, mo- the winningest. Franchise of the of an entire decade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chiefs but fans. God, it's depressing. Like, like the the, the chart about uh, you know the biggest playoff <laughs> win margins, <laughs> and it was the, we only ran the top five, and number five was eight, like yeah. eight points. <laughs> and it was just like, like I, I made this joke, but I, it might be true that number six was like a three point loss. <laughs> well, how many playoff no, wins are there? Like, so yeah, there's like nine playoff wins. Right? Yeah, like, one. It's just a it's a sad history. Mm-hmm. Chiefs fans are already worried about going to Foxborough. K Corn twenty four K Corn twenty four asks, how will the Chiefs prepare for the quote headsets malfunctioning at the most <laughs> <laughs> at the Great most question. important part of the game? Great question. Uh, uh. I can actually answer this. Um, one of the things that we did in our football preview section in August was figure out how a play gets called. And um, Aaron Murray told me that sometimes the quarterbacks still re- relay the, the backup quarterbacks still re- relay the plays with hand signals. And like, sometimes that happens because headsets actually do malfunction. Like you have to be able to get your play in if you can't reach the top box. So that's how I mean, you, you better prepare for every scenario because that tends to happen. You know? when, when you play this, the Patriots, do you have to go ahead, Sam? Sorry. Well, I was just gonna like this. This will be the first playoff game in Foxborough since the defla- yeah. since the incident, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. No, but but, but to your point, I mean, uh, do other teams now have to have checks and balances uh, on things more than I mean? Can they ask to have you know certification of things? I don't know the answers to these things, but you would sure think that um, every team would want to do its 
do its utmost to, to know that things are on the up and up. That was that, uh, that Sports Illustrated story uh, that Greg Bishop and Mike Rosenberg did, kind of talking about how other teams, this was before the season started, how other teams are very vigilant in, like, checking up on what the Patriots do. Um, yeah. You know, how, like, the Seahawks were, like, scouting – you know, like the roof of the Super Bowl <laughs> stadium last year, for or like, or they were scouting like the mountains, like outside their training facility or whatever, like in Glendale, like looking for like Patriots, like spies essentially. Um, so, one other thing about like a quick thing about Foxborough that's a little bit of a tangent, but if there are Chiefs fans listening to this that are going to that game, uh, go early, go very early, and expect to stay very late because that is the most inaccessible stadium, depending on how you look at it, with the possible exception of Green Bay. And just to accent that point, I believe that's one of the reasons why, with two minutes left in that stupid Pittsburgh game the other night, that your your star <laughs> your star A team was uh, openly pleased about the result of evidently going to Denver. We wanted Denver. Ugh. Yeah. Instead, we get Route 1, right? Is that what that is? <laughs> yes. right? I don't know. It's Highway a, it's, 1? It's Route yeah, 2-lane freaking highway. It's either Route or Highway, but yeah, it's not, it's not Route 2. No. But it's not one highway like we would call it here, by the way. Yeah, it's basically Grand Boulevard. Going 7 Highway, <laughs> 40 Highway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, what are the odds? So, so, what are the odds that... We get a winter storm this weekend. High. 99.4% or 98.7%. The real question is the difference between winter storm and polar vortex. (laughs) What are we going to get out of this? (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll definitely be staying a little longer in Boston than we want. Um, Got some other stuff here. Interesting. How different are the attitudes of the 2015 team Versus the 2013 team, how does one good team continue win after tough losses, after injuries or whatever, and another team lose those games? And that's from Calvin Esslinger. Well, honestly, the 2015 team has a lot of the same guys that were here in 2013. You you live and learn, right? You take enough of those tough losses, you can kind of build on that. And if you're a mentally tough guy in the first place, you learn how to overcome them. And if you're not, you don't. Uh, Chiefs have found a way to take some of those really brutal <laughs> you know, losses. You know, the Texans game, not the Texans, the Titans game, the Bears game, the playoff loss, turn them into a good thing. Yeah, I guess I uh, I, I would quibble a little bit with the premise of the question, actually. Like, um, you know, if uh, either Alex doesn't overthrow the ball or Cyrus Gray runs the wrong route mm-hmm. depending, or You're the right route, depending it. on, you know, the, yeah. the, the margins are so small. I, I, I guess I just disagree a little bit with like, you know, the, the character of these, you know, just because they, they almost won that game. And also this 2015 team, which, you know, going from one of five to the playoffs, remarkable achievement, but they did fold in, you know, the bears game, for instance. Well, when, that's what I was going to say. They, yeah. they folded before yeah. like we saw it. They fold in that Packers game. Yeah. yeah. That was horrendous. Yeah. But, but an interesting thing to me, too, and I don't know how to – there's no answer to this, but they come into this playoff – we talk about this all the time, right? What, what does momentum matter? But they come into this with ten straight wins. They went into that playoff two and – what, two of their last seven they won. How much does that matter in, in confidence and mm-hmm. all that? It, it would seem to me to matter some. Mm-hmm. Sam, you've got a pretty good opinion on momentum in football. I had a 
doesn't. I think it's overrated. Yeah. I do. Um, I mean, I, I think that it's kind of a year by year, week by week thing. I think there are some things about this specific team in this specific time that you can take some things from it. But I don't think they're going to win just because they've they've been winning. All right, just one more, one more. This one's from Erratic Genius. All right, Erratic. Andy, what, is that your handle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some analysts are calling this the AFC Championship, implying that they believe the Chiefs and the Pats are the two best teams in the AFC. Do you guys agree? Mm, you know, Therese, that's why they play the game. <laughs> Thanks Is for chipping Berman in. Is still employed? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. Oh, that's one really? thing that hasn't changed since oh, you stopped watching God. football. Uh, the his jokes have not changed since he stopped back, 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 watching back. football. Still doing that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I don't agree with that. I, I think that. Um, uh, yeah. No, I don't agree with that. The at Steelers all. are. Yeah. Yeah. I think any one of the four teams can can go yeah, to the Super completely, Bowl. I don't agree with that at all. It's completely. Yeah, yeah the Eats might be the best thing. Like, Whoever yeah. goes to the Super Bowl is the <laughs> best. Yeah. I don't even know how to like take that apart. I just the, think like how much of our job is just like clearing fields of eighty-one percent. I think all all four of these teams that are left have the potential to. I mean, so we'll I see. I think man. when the Chiefs win, they're going to be declared the Super Bowl champions. That's what's going to happen, right? They won't right have after to play they beat the Patriots. Game. Right. Yeah. They win their next three games. Because yeah. Because this game has been determined to be <laughs> all right. the, the championship. Yeah. All right, fellas, let's wrap this thing up. Let's hear your super early predictions for this game. Let's go. Sammy, I'm putting you on the spot. Who you got and why? I'm going to make it real quick, and I'm going to say uh, the Patriots win 27 to 24. Mark that down. Um, I would feel a lot better about the Chiefs' chances. Uh, I shouldn't say a lot, but I would feel better about the Chiefs' chances if Jerry Mac- Jeremy Macklin was playing. They can uh, win. I just don't expect them to. I'm going to say the Chiefs win 24 to 20. It just so happens that one extra touchdown Sam thinks the Patriots are going to get is going to be nullified by a penalty. Oh, how about that? And it just we're both basically right. But <laughs> um, it, seriously, I I, I I I think I'm only Wait, going 24 on 20 Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs. Oh, look at that. He's going Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I think I'm only saying it because look at this ridiculous mojo that we seem to know yeah. right now in this town. It really has nothing to do with the game. Yeah. I just sort of think, why not? Andy, give us a pick out of left field. Uh, I say uh, Chris Conley saves the day, has uh, two touchdowns, uh, walks across the stage, takes a bow. Here's the applause. Chiefs win 24-23. All right. My prediction, lots of snow. (laughs) Very miserable experience for your beat writers. Two hours in traffic. Going in and out. Going in and out. Yeah, that's a lot. And an ugly, low-scoring 13-10 Patriots win. I think the Chiefs take this as a game that they build on, and the whole talk this offseason is how they make a Super Bowl run next year. Maybe they prove me wrong. Maybe they win. That's where I'm at right now. And maybe my opinion changes after I dive through these hours of film I have to get through. But right now, that's kind of where I'm at. So, fellas, that's going to do it. If you like the show, please remember to rate and review us on iTunes. That's Sports Beat KC. It helps us. helps the algorithm. Please just do it. Also, remember to download our Red Zone app to stay on top of all your Chiefs news. And finally, shout-out to our producer, Chris Fickett, for putting this together. Shout-out to Kevin McLeod for giving us this badass music. 
And shout out to all of you for buying the paper, clicking and reading and buying our stories. If it wasn't for you guys, we couldn't do what we love, which is covering pro football and what most of us love, right? (laughs) 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 Which is covering pro football and uh, telling great stories. So thank you for being out there and thank you for reading. Yo, we're going to be back in the studio next week, win or lose. Probably won't be uh, Monday because of this inevitable winter storm we'll be, <laughs> we'll be stuck in. Uh, we're going to plan to be here on Monday, but I'm guessing we're going to be in Boston in the middle of next week. Um, so for Sam, Vahe, and Andy, and your boy Therese, thanks for listening. We out of here, man. Hit my music. Peace. Ha <laughs> ha, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys.